disco ball, Andy. It's time to record. It's Hi, everyone. Friday. We're getting crazy. It's Friday, and the little mini disco ball is spinning in our heads. Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. We took last week off because uh, I think, as everybody has noticed, programming is slowing down a little bit. There's definitely a nice chunk of premieres coming up in September and October. We're going to keep you informed about that. Um, but the Labor Day weekend is also coming up, so I don't know if people are going to be going to their barbecues, heading to the beach, wherever they are. Let's hope we have decent weather and not like crazy rains or extreme well, heat. Well, yeah, we survived or... a hurricane last weekend. We did, and a little earthquake. And a little earthquake. The hurricane, yeah. as, it, as it's been referred to. I mean, for us, it was a, a mild tropical storm that just consisted of a lot of rain. You know, but L.A. always has to be extra. Yeah, we always have to be very dramatic. So there was a little shaker involved at about, I don't know, around 2.40 in the afternoon. Yeah, I felt it. I'm inside watching TV, of course, and I feel the beds moving. And uh, side note, no one was with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> this bed's a rocking. Don't come but... a knocking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so then, uh, you know, but then again, L.A. always has to be extra. So there you go. Um, but we're all fine. There were definitely some drainage issues in some other places. Um, oddly, Palm Springs, where we were a couple of weeks ago, got some, a lot of rain. Yeah. Like, I think, more than three inches, which is very unusual for Palm Springs. And they have no drainage there. So that is that was rough for some homeowners. Totally. Yeah, they, they had some damage. But overall, it didn't it didn't cause too much chaos or devastation. No, it was so okay. Good. We were lucky. The storm weakened by the time it got to us. And I think that's enough weather for today's episode, Andy. <laughs> that's the weather. Um, now let's talk about TV. In case you haven't heard, Amazon Prime Video, or Prime Video, excuse me, as they're known, canceled A League of Their Own and The Peripheral. Uh the Peripheral, a very expensive series, was supposed to have another season, so I guess that's not happening. And A League of Their Own, which definitely developed a cult following, was canceled. Uh, and Prime Video blamed the strikes, and everyone in the in the Twitter sphere, the internet, immediately called bullshit on them. So, look, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's not because of the strikes. I, I can tell you that yeah. much. It, you know, it felt like uh, a leave of their own was like a reluctant renewal to begin with, like for whatever reason. I think you might be took, right. I think they were going to do maybe Prime Video a long time to episodes. come out with an announcement that they were going to renew it. I thought they were going to do like four episodes to try to wrap up some stories. Something I thought like so, that. too. Not like a full season. I think the thing is, when you have such a fervent outpouring of love, which the show did, and you could see it on social media, you could see it. There's a lot of fan fiction being written. Not that that's always a positive, <laughs> but you definitely could see that. And Will Graham, one of the showrunners, wrote a really beautiful uh, Twitter thread. Oh, yes, I'm still calling it Twitter. I know it's X. Oh, God. I refuse to call it X because that man is a mishugana. And Will Graham wrote a really wonderful Twitter thread to like thank the fans and, you know, to say, hey, channel your energy. It's a hard time for people in the LGBTQ community support each other, show each other love and consideration. And I, it was just absolutely beautiful. You can go check that out yourself. Um, in terms of what the strikes are doing, well, I, I feel like we're... I thought we were making progress. Yeah, it really felt like, okay, there's, because there's things are happening. Because they were sitting down, they were sitting down to talk. There's some cooperation. There's for like some... four days in a row. Yeah. I think it's more than that now. But what's become glaringly apparent is that the AMPTP just doesn't want to pay writers or actors anymore. They just, yeah. they just don't. Yeah. They're not interested in it. These big streamers are financial entities. They are not for our entertainment any longer. They, they, that's a side product, but the well, main product their, is and they care about their cash for investors. Yeah. yeah. They care about their stockholders. And like so much of America at this point, it's all about the stockholders. What's also really interesting is that there are a lot of other labor strikes going on right now. UPS had a labor strike, the hotel workers, and I know that was hitting LA as well. Yeah. Um, to the, and it's to also to the point where, like, the Writers Guild, there are Writers Guild reps who have been going to talk to the teachers' unions because they use part of their pension money. Oh, my God. 
uh, from to in connection with the entertainment guilds and stuff. So they were saying maybe reconsider that, and that's a big deal. You know, it's dismaying. It is. It's so disappointing, and it's so culturally terrible. It's just. They- it's like everything is a financial instrument, and and we're in this point in our society. Not that this is at all what we sat down to talk about today. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but everything is like, how can we extract the most amount of money out of it for, you know, for shareholders? And okay, if we make a product on the side, that's fine. But the product is secondary to the profit. And that's just like, it's terrible. It's not a good thing. I, um, it's interestingly, I <laughs> listened to a podcast this week about Enron. We, oh, wow. <laughs> Just to, just to totally go off, off talk topic. About, talk about your past greatest hits. What was interesting is someone, um, and I can't remember who it was, but was on the podcast saying they think they they think that was a time period in American life when the perception of corporations really changed in a way that has not fully recovered. People realized, oh, corporations are just there to make a profit. Like the product is completely secondary to the profit, and that's. Uh, very uh, sad thing. <laughs> I think it's more like a lot of people. There, a lot of people didn't quite, especially consumers, uh, didn't realize having tech bros involved in entertainment would ultimately result in you know them trying to just ruin the business culturally. Well, that's so true. And I, um, I shared the New Yorker article about David Zaslav, the mm. head of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, and I haven't finished it actually. But it's but learning about his history is fascinating. And he was very much always about just creating business opportunities, not he was never on the creative side. And the and it took a huge amount of risk and uh, debt on to have Discovery purchase Warner Brothers. Exactly. It was like very much a financial move and a very risky one and has put, you know, all both companies in a really rough position. So I understand why they're trying to cut costs. They're not coming to the table and saying to the writers and the actors here, we're going to meet your demands because they're beholden to Wall Street and they've put themselves out on a limb so far with, you know, the financial like health of these companies already. Well, I would categorize that as a bad business decision. I would too. But if you're in the business of culture, you have to make things and you have to tell stories and you have to pay people fairly to do that job. Just like you have to pay people fairly if they work in your factory at the or if end they make the, your cars. I agree. I think at the end of the day, if you're not making a quality product, you are going to fail. It may take a while and you may be able to like milk it, you know, for some amount of time, but eventually you're yeah, setting would, a company up to decline. Yeah. And the, those windows get shorter and shorter and shorter. When, especially when there's so many options and, Consumers have the control, and frankly, they need to, you know, exercise it. I wish consumers had more power right now, but unfortunately, it's these rich, culturally ignorant men who are running these media companies who are basically just saying, well, well, no, we don't want to pay you. And the WGA has also been really good about messaging and saying, we're basically asking for a 0.2% increase you know, 0.2% of what they make annually. That's what we're asking for. And that's what would fund us and get us up to like a fair wage. And they won't do that. Yeah. Which is, look, we've all heard about corporate greed, but the more you read about it, the sicker it makes you. It does. That's, that's <laughs> the worst part. And again, a shout out, you know, if, if you want some sources, you know, besides Variety, besides The Hollywood Reporter, um, I, I kind of trust that more than I trust variety. Like I think more than I do deadline, but, um, you know, puck news is doing some really good strike coverage. So is the ankler. Elaine Lowe is doing really good newsletters called strike Geist. And those are actually free to subscribe for from the ankler, which kind of strike updates, updates from the lines, updates from people on the lines, actors and writers. So it's, it's a rough time. We're a hundred plus days, uh, Striking for the writers, and I think, well, less than that for the actors. But interesting times in America. A lot of labor strikes. And by the way, the auto workers are about to go on strike, too. That was another thing I just read. Yeah, that's um, a whole other... 
industry. And also in the news um, is Scooter Braun. Uh, if you're not familiar with that name, you are now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not familiar with that name, you're not a Swifty. You're not a Swifty and you're not uh, a, believer. a believer. Yeah. Because yeah. pretty much all of his high profile clients like Bieber and Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato uh, have left him or are in the process of leaving him. And it looks like Scooter's transitioning out of management and into running a company called Hybe, H-Y-B-E, which is a Korean company and they work with BTS as well as other acts. And Scooter's evidently, according to like Matt Bellany and such, he's been saying he wants, you know, management was not his ultimate goal. And honestly, if you've ever worked in talent management, I have, <laughs> you don't want it to be your ultimate goal because it's, it's demanding. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You're on call like 24 seven to this talent. Your life is not your own. And, um, so this has been going on now, though, with with the clients leaving for a good week and a half. Well, it's just interesting because it wasn't like one or two clients. It's, no, it's now like a whole bunch. it's most yeah, it, or at most. least of the big names. Yes. Yeah. Of the people we know. OK, so this is just my personal position. Diane's opinion only. I think there's something more. I think there is a money scandal. Ooh. I think because I am of the Woodward and Bernstein school. Follow the money. And I think. There is some money mismanagement. Ooh. That has been my theory since I started reading about this. And also Scooter Braun has not always had the best reputation. Yes, he's very successful. He's been very successful, but has not always had the, 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 the best reputation in that he has burned some bridges behind him and burned some relationships and things. So I, it, I'm just, this is, I'm taking a flyer. Yeah, interesting. I always think it's about money. So you think there might be more to come. I do. In terms of Matt Bellany doesn't, because I was listening right, to his right. chat with Shirley Halpern yeah. on the town, and he does not, and Shirley does not. She Shirley, did, yeah, she definitely thinks this is just part of his transition to a different part of his career. Yes, yes. But we just don't know yet. You know, I will be following this because it's an interesting story. I, I'm, and I. By the way, I don't know Scooter Braun. I've never met Scooter Braun. I know who he is. But I, I don't really have a dog in the fight, as they say. I just know he's kind of like a showboat. Like he. Well, allegedly, some of his clients were not happy because he became something. He was in, he was concerned about building up his own name. Yeah. And clients don't like that. They clients want, want you to be working the for scenes. them and behind the scenes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they don't want. Yeah. They don't want the management to be. Yeah, I don't the think bigger this, story. But I never think. It, I never think it's about ego. It's about money. Oh. I think there was some funny money business. Ooh. That's all I'm going okay. to, you know, I wish I had more facts to back it up, but I do not. So I'm, I'm just going to put out a little conjecture because, hey, yeah. this is our opinion. Allegedly. Allegedly, 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 as Jesus and Miro used to say. Final news item, you know, um, Andy, you can like put your earmuffs on, but because this has to do with like Bravo, the whole Bravo, the whole Bravo universe and the whole reality TV universe. We're all aware of, you know, Bethany Frankel's constant need for attention and her craziness and this whole thing she's doing with her law, her lawsuit, you know, with Mark Gar attorneys, Mark Garagos and Brian Friedman. I don't think that's going to going to really result in anything. But right now, many people are also in an uproar with her because she did a three part interview with Rachel Levis, better known as Raquel from Vanderpump Rules. And not only did she put the three parts on her Just Be podcast, which had tons of ads, then she put it on her YouTube channel because, of course, they filmed it. And that also had ads. And of course, not only did I get on social media to ask Bethany if she paid Raquel, but of course, Bethany won't answer any questions. She kept answering everybody. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Oh, my God. You know? And honestly, I am so sick of this attention. Like put your money where your mouth is, lady. Come well, on. It's also what is she yammering on about, about using people exploitation without compensation? Well, yeah, exactly. So she does what she's accusing everybody else of. And now there's a there's a new reality TV show scandal. And she's ridden that train all the way to the bank yep. with her yep. her brands and just so ever many since, different ever since opportunities. She left Real Housewives of New York. 
that she has slapped her name on more shitty brands and now she's pushing shitty wine. Yeah. And all she does is post in her Instagram stories and on her TikToks. She has really gone past the halfway mark of lunatic. Oh my God. Yeah. Because if you watch her, now she thinks she first she's a beauty influencer, then she's trying food, then she's showing her shitty products, then she's, you know, trying on dresses, then bathing suits, then this, and she's linking, linking, linking everything. So, you know, sometimes I believe that people have money and sometimes I believe that they're just putting up a front. Well, it could be that too. I think she is a seriously damaged narcissist. Well, and it's also like, that's fine. We don't begrudge somebody for taking advantage of their position. I mean, it's within reason to like make money, but then now to claim that she's out to like rectify the problems of the reality TV industry and be this advocate for other, you know, performers like who haven't had the level of exposure she's had and then to not pay them for their time. Like, right. It's like, right. come on. There's so much hypocrisy involved. It's it's astounding. And she is a piece of work. I mean, I think I, I've said this for a while. I, I think there needs to be a serious psychology study made of this woman because this is a <laughs> level of narcissism. And I have met a lot of narcissists because I've been working in show business <laughs> what, since the age of 21. Andy. Because we live in Los Angeles. Well, also, that's I've worked in the industry since yeah. I'm 21 years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've met a lot of narcissists. Yeah. You know? You call them as you see them, and they're real easy to spot here. Yeah. Because they're narcissists. Well, it's funny. I read an interview with Lisa Vanderpump where she was asked about this situation and what she thinks of like creating a reality TV, you know, union, union. Or, or, yeah. or any kind of like, like formalized protections. And, you know, she was really, I mean, I like her a lot, and I'm sure she, you know, she probably has her issues too, but she's just so down to earth and she's like i just don't see this ever happening it's not the way that it works and she just said like reality tv has always been a viable thing because it's cheap to make what you have and to if remember, we make it expensive well, it's gonna go away <laughs> but again what you have to remember is that lisa vanderpump is also an executive producer on her shows mm. so of course she's not going to be in favor okay. of forming a union <laughs> okay, good point okay that does not help her okay so Look, I think there can be some baseline rules established, but in terms of setting up a union, again, it's harder because what exactly is the talent that these people have, except for their goofball personalities, their erratic personalities, yeah. you know, and, and they all willingly sign on to do these shows and what, then they complain that, yes, we're being plied with alcohol. You know, yeah, we're being told to stay up around the clock or whatever. It's like, look, if you didn't want to go to summer camp, don't sign up to go to summer camp. Right. Stay home. Right. So. And some of this comes down to personal responsibility and acting like an adult. <laughs> And, remember, and or and or well, accepting the consequences of going on TV and getting drunk and acting like an idiot. Well, also, a lot of people who go on reality TV are looking for that quick hit of fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for some, it works. And some become a little infamous because of the bad behavior, which Bethany then says, well, yeah, but then they keep showing that content over and over and over again. Well, well hey, it's like, here's, here's an idea. Don't act like an asshole. Are you a human in America? Like this has been going on for 20 years. Like this is, I mean, the real world like started this, you know, in like the real world, the late eighties, um, early nineties. Like, I mean, this is not a new phenomenon. You know that if you go on a reality TV show, that's what might happen to you. If you act like a moron. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there are a lot of executives in this town like Mike Darnell who knew the gold that was inherent in reality television and they exploited it well and they made hit shows out of it. Things like Joe Millionaire yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. And it's not to take away all the responsibility from the producers. Yes, like if exactly. they are setting up an environment that's unhealthy and, 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 and truly like encouraging or manipulating people into acting or getting drunk and then acting foolish, like... That's bad. You've just described Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> yeah. Here, come oh to a God. beach, get undressed, and have a lot of drinks. But by the way, May, thank you, because this segues nicely into what I wanted to say next. The other reality scandal issue brewing is that Gary King from Below Deck Sailing Yacht has been accused of a lot of bad behavior during the filming of a season of Sailing Yacht. And he is accused of harassing... Uh, I believe it was like a, a casting associate 
who would help make sure that the cast members were staying sequestered in their rooms when they weren't shooting because of COVID protocols. And evidently, she claims, she alleges, that Gary King asked her to get in bed with him. And then when she tried to, she was dropping off food and like bottles of water to all of the cast members' rooms. And he asked her to get in bed with him. And when she said no, he allegedly like went to the door. He was in his underwear. He went to the door. And when she tried to open the door, he like slammed it shut. Now, look, on all of these below deck shows, you know, they, these people love their alcohol. And, you know, I don't know how they work and, and get so drunk all the time, but they love their alcohol. They drink a lot. They drink to excess a lot. There's a lot of blackout drinking. On this particular, uh, on Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which is from the production company 51 Mines, you know, supposedly HR is into it now. They're doing, uh, you know, they're examining what, what's going on. The executive producers issued a rather kind of uh, boilerplate mm. statement that they're looking into it. They don't, they don't want anyone to be, you know, harassed or anything like that. Um, so this is an evolving story. Well, it's like, where do you draw the line? Like I've watched some of, of below deck and I generally enjoy it, but even like years ago, you know, when I've watched it, it was certainly about this. Like on the days oh, yeah. when they're in port, the oh, crew goes and gets wasted crazy behavior. and hits on each other and acts yeah. foolish. And are, I mean, Again, again, some of this comes down to personal responsibility and people taking, you know, ownership of their own actions. Yeah. And um, the other thing I really want to make very clear is not all of the Below Deck shows have the same executive producers. If you're if Mm. you've been watching Below Deck Down Under this season, there was a very serious uh, there was a very, very serious incident that happened. Uh, recently, uh, recently, it was shot a, over a year ago, <laughs> but the bosun, you know, they went on a crew night out, the bosun got drunk and there was a brief power outage on the boat and the stew, the, the young stew that he was interested in, she had had too much to drink. So she went to bed and, uh, she was just out of it. She just got into bed to go to sleep. She just wanted to go to sleep. Well, the bosun still drunk got naked and crawled into her bunk. And when the production crew saw this, they immediately said, uh, you have to get out of there. Luke, yeah. you got to get out of there right now. He tried to slam the door on them. Then the lights went back on and they were like, you have to get out of there right now. And then there was also another stew on the boat, uh, this young Russian woman, Laura, and she was a sexual predator as well. She had been being very, she had hooked up with Luke, the bosun. And then she was trying to get with another one of the deckhands, this kid from this, this kid, Adam from Brooklyn. And he was not interested. And he kept saying to her, no, 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 no. And she was very like assertive and she'd be brushing up against him and touching him. And it was literally, it was like, I could not believe there was both a male and female sexual predator in one show and it was just astounding and again you know producers had to intervene with her because she went into his cabin without his say so and she started giving him a back massage and the producers said laura you need to get out of the cabin right now you need to come down right now and get out of the cabin i mean this woman's a 30 year old woman and you know besides the what are people thinking um don't be touching people when they don't want you to touch them. No. Oh, my God. It's a real simple rule. It really isn't, especially if somebody's asleep. They cannot give consent. Ex- well, like, yeah. come on. Exactly. Um, very interesting episodes of Down Under. And again, totally different executive producers than Sailing Yacht. The same company does not produce both shows. I mean, listen, it's a good thing that there's attention being brought to this. Yes. And... Yeah, a lot of this spect- a lot of this like kind of behavior, some of not not what you just described. That is not within a gray area. That is very clear cut, like sexual, predatory, very unacceptable behavior. Right. But then there's a whole world that doesn't necessarily reach that level, but is in a very gray area. Yes. And I guess it's good that there's attention being brought to this and that the producers do have some responsibility to to, you know, set a tone that is healthy. 
But then also these people that go on these shows, I mean, ultimately, it's their responsibility as well. Well, it's also, look, they know they're on camera. That's the yeah, other thing. Yeah. They're not dumb. They know they're on camera. <laughs> no, that's the and whole point. And usually yeah. the joy you get of below deck and drunkenness is from the guests. Like when the guests oh, start yeah. getting sloppy. That's fun. That's really funny. And these guests have paid a lot of money to go on totally. and act like fools. And they are paying and most for of them all that alcohol. somehow are rich enough that they do not seem to care at all about their public image because they go on the show willingly. Exactly. And act like jerks. And, well, and not all of them. Some of them, them are not. Some jerks. of them are actually really yeah, nice. like really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. But the ones that do act like jerks, I'm like, you know, you're doing this, and you know that this is going to be seen by so many people. But I don't. I think they just kind of like it. Yeah, I think they just have fun. Yeah. That or they're fans. Of, maybe they're, they're probably fans of the show. That would be my guess. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. anyway, okay. Uh, just for the record, this is the longest conversation I've ever had with Andy about reality <laughs> television. So I just want to give just kudos to Andy for putting up with me for this. But also, I just want you to know that I am going to do an IG live with Thea DeSouza, better known on Instagram as your moms are watching, and the authoress of the upcoming unofficial Real Housewives trivia book coming out in mid-September, available for pre-order now everywhere you buy books. So I'm going to be uh, talking with Thea on an IG Live next week. I think we're looking at Thursday night, August 31st. So I will, um, I'll, I'll put that on our socials. I'll put that in my IG story. I'm at the Surf Report, and I'll make sure you guys know about that if this kind of thing interests you. But on to what we've been watching in Andy. We've been dying to talk about the end just like that season yes, finale. We have. Season three has been ordered. You probably heard that already. And the season two finale was Carrie's Last Supper in her apartment, her beautiful, beautiful apartment that we've known and loved for decades. And who was the special guest that popped in via phone? Samantha Jones. Andy. What Andy has notes, by the way. Where Andy, do I even start? You know what? Just jump right in, my friend. The water's warm. I mean, everything about this show is like so extra. <laughs> I have so many problems with it. So many issues. So many cringy moments in the in the series, the season, yeah. and this episode. Yeah. And yet, I could not wait to watch. And when I heard it was getting renewed, I was so happy. Of course, because it's a it's at least a half hate watch for me. Yeah. It might be more than half. I don't know. For me, it's become there are things that I'm really loving, like like Charlotte's uh, whole, like Charlotte's journey this season. <laughs> you know, telling her kids, "I am done being your like 24 seven caretaker at home. I am going back to my cool job as an art gallery, I need a life. art gallerist, and I'm going to sell an amazing painting to Sam Smith." Like her, anyway, her whole trajectory, I just absolutely loved. I, I just thought it was so exciting. It, it was like. It, that gave me the feels that the original show did, you know, like I get it. Yeah, sure. And then finally, at the very end, very Miranda gets justice, an amazing a little bit of justice. Yeah, she gets an amazing little perk or whatever from her internship or whatever that she is, where it's like clearly like she's about to take on a very powerful position, a major role. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not only going to put her at a high level in her legal field, but also. There's a it's part of a big social justice, you know, company or organization. Right. So it's like very, very cool. And the woman that she's working with is hot and seems to be into her. So, yeah, definitely. That woman, Joy. So yeah. That, that, maybe Not that's her Mar boss, but maybe the, that's Miranda's new love interest. Yeah, the woman at the U.N. Could be. So the, Could be. The, those two, they both had a great storyline that made me very happy. Carrie continues to just. The worst. <laughs> Can I just, just say she's the worst. <laughs> Just. She has always been a <sighs> selfish bitch, and she is still I, a selfish bitch. I love bitch. how. I, I never had really thought about it until we've talked about have it. Have I and not harangued no, you, you about have, this? No, you have. And now I now I watch it with a whole different filter, because I'm like, oh my god, she did that. Like, Side note, Andy doesn't listen to me. No, I do. <laughs> I do. I just had never thought of it that way before, and now I see it in everything she does. Why did she need to have Che at this final dinner? When Che had just had a stand-up like, night that Carrie was at where she made fun of Miranda mercilessly and, 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 sent, and, and Miranda nothing, was in and, tears. And Carrie did nothing to comfort Miranda. No, Didn't why did she her? need to have Che there? Allegedly, because she and Che are friends from doing the podcast. Yeah, right, right. But look, I, here's what I've really learned about and Just Like That. Never try to apply logic to it. No. Because no. you will be frustrated and at a complete loss for any logic. 
and um it it, it was just oh god i did like the um i liked the scene where she has everybody go around the table and say one word of something they want to let go of i i actually it, it worked for me it gave me the feels um I will respectfully disagree because if someone made me do that at a dinner party, uh, it would be hard to keep my food from coming back up. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I came, I came to have dinner and celebrate with you, bitch. It was a nice way of putting a little bit of an emotional like capstone on a lot of relationships. Yes. No, no. I got the intent behind it, but it was also, you know, Everyone else got like one or two words and Carrie got a soliloquy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's a selfish bitch. Which was funny notice- that Che called her out for that. Exactly. But, you know, everything goes to pattern. Yeah. Um, I did think, um, you know, these the, the kind of secondary characters, the new characters just like continue to not get enough airtime to really totally justify their presence not not their presence but it's like it's like they're like what do we really know them after two seasons do we really understand why they're you know such a like major part of the they have they they have character gold in sema and they have completely wasted her yeah they made her into a neurotic like love neurotic woman which has is not the woman they first presented to us right who is so hyper intelligent and and reads people so well and is very self-aware and they've made her into like a shell of herself which i really resent because i love that character and i want to see her have much better things someone as smart as Seema would understand what she's found in a man like ravi and not only would she appreciate that he works all the time and is busy and traveling she would love that because she could still have her life in new york yeah or she would have the option to jet off and see him wherever he's shooting oh i like that yeah that's called that's what samantha would do that's what samantha would do she'd be like i understand who you are and i'm either gonna take it or i'm gonna leave it right but i'm gonna do what i want yeah i'm gonna do what's good for me yes yes i'm not gonna rearrange my life based on a man when Seema was first presented to us, she was that kind of woman. She was not that kind of woman. That's not what we saw in the finale. That's not what we saw beforehand. I was glad to see the two of them on a beach in Greece at the end, which is good. But I think had Seema really been Seema, she probably would have gone to Egypt for a while and hung out with Ravi. Yeah. And then if business in New York needed her, she would have jetted back to New York because she has those options. Um, the other, you know, this whole handling of the Aiden story oh, is so incredibly bad. And uh, can it, we spoil? Are we spoiling? Let's look. It's already been out for a I, few days. I'm okay with talking about it. I was that part made me very angry. Tell me, like the way he decides at the last, at you know, at the very end of this of this episode that he needs to stay in Virginia to take care of his son who has been in a drunk driving accident at age 14. And he just says to Carrie, I can't like be with you, not even on the weekends, not even every other week. I just have to be home in Virginia for the foreseeable future. He actually puts a timeline on it. He says, until my son is not a teenager, which is five years away. And then he continues to still like act like she's going to wait for him. And he says, you know, I waited for 10 years already. So what's another five years putting her on the line, basically like saying she expecting that she's going to wait another five years for him to be with her. And she kind of goes along with it. I'm like, why? I don't necessarily think she's going along with it. Okay. Okay. Here's my theory. You know, look, if you've watched Sex in the City from the beginning, Carrie basically broke Aiden's heart two times. They broke up twice. Yeah. So the fact that they found their way back to each other, however far-fetched that was, <laughs> and it was far-fetched, yes. but these things happen in life, you know, that's why they had to make it about him breaking up with her this time. Because honestly, a woman who breaks up with a guy three times, well, isn't she enough of a bitch? Yeah. Like yeah. it would matter with her. Diane's already over it. I am. So, so if she had it. done you. it again, I guess that's <laughs> true. And frankly, I don't need a season three with Aiden. I, I thought, you know, they have great chemistry and, and he like was 
you know, a surprisingly unannoying presence in this season compared to I just never I was never team Aiden. Um, I didn't Fair mind enough. him too much, but like also I don't really watch the show to see Carrie settle down with some like furniture building, you know, doof like I just don't care about him. And I like that now she's going to be in her big fancy apartment, like living her very best, fanciest, rich life, you know, living on bigs, the money the big left behind. And I feel like that's such a joke on her, which I enjoy. <laughs> that she sold her apartment she and she literally that one. gave up what she calls her jewel box. Yeah. You know, to the young jewelry yeah. designer who lived below. And it's like, I was like, ha ha. I just want to do the Nelson from The Simpsons. Ha ha. To Carrie. Because talk about it's a fe- what can I say? It's a festival of bad decisions. Well, and now she's going to have a four bedroom apartment that right. she lives in alone. Exactly. That's true. Like, you're right. You're right. Guess is what? that what she would have chosen, even yeah. though it's gorgeous? It isn't what she would have chosen. And guess what? Maybe here's a little story pitch for next season. Miranda moves into Carrie's place because Miranda, yeah. they've never they, they evidently don't see fit to Miranda getting her own apartment. <laughs> Poor Miranda. Which was a, yet Poor Miranda another, can't even have an apartment. Another nonsensical thing. I know about she's, this, oh this whole story. Yeah, it's bad. It's just bad. Living in what's her face's one bedroom apartment, yeah. or two bedroom apartment where the ba- the bathroom is in the bedroom. In the, ba- like, in the come master. On. Yeah, very bad. It's oh, so many things they to just complain did, about. They did Miranda so dirty until the very until the very end, end of the last when episode one moment of dignity. when she gets to go on the BBC and rock it right and be the smart Miranda that we all yeah. know she is. Oh boy, Ugh, this show it is a very worthy hate watch. I will recommend it for that. You know, I still have some admiration for Michael Patrick King. Because I think, look, I think this is a very, I think it's almost like a no-win situation. And I also think when you're saddled with a lead character like Carrie Bradshaw, there's less and less to love her about her as time That's goes true. on. That's true. She is not. I say this as someone who has watched Sex in the City many, yeah. many, 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 many times. Yeah, and she, you really notice how selfish she is. It's different when you're, I don't know, like when you're younger and, you know, ambitious and like selfish and like the kind That's of way that she notice. was. But now that she's very wealthy and very set in her own ways, it's much less like it's just not it's, it's not cute. Yeah. It's icky. Yeah. It's not a good look to see her continue to you know, be so selfish. Although she, whatever, I guess you could say with Aiden and his sons, she tried to open up her life and be more welcoming, but it was kind of in service of a man. Also not a good look. No. For someone who's supposed to be like a spirited, you know, independent woman. So what did we even think about Samantha Jones? Very brief appearance on a phone call. Well, I think Kim Cattrall is really dependable and, slipped right back into the Samantha suit perfectly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I had to admire it just because, you know, it's a well-known fact that these two women cannot be in the same room together. They do not like each other for various reasons. Look, I loved seeing her. I wish there was a way to make her part of more part of the show, but you know, this is a standoff. They're never going to give her things that she wants and they, they clearly do not value her or the character enough to make any concessions to Kim Cattrall, mm-hmm. which I think is really sad. Yeah. Because it was just such a great ensemble. Yeah. You know, just the four of them together. So I do think that's sad, but things change. But I loved seeing her. I absolutely loved seeing I her. I did too. It almost felt like, it actually felt unnecessary at this point because this season didn't reference her at all that I remember. Did it? Did there they? might have been a mention of Maybe her like in the season. Yeah, but it, but I almost like felt like it was a little extraneous at this point to have her come back. I agree. I loved seeing her. I just like she's a wonderful actress, and that character is just amazing. Totally. Um, so I'm, I was glad to see it, but it almost like made me question. Okay, so is she? Because last the first season she had a phone call. This season she had a video call. She had a text. Oh, a text. That's right. It was a, a text. text. It was oh my not God, even it was a phone a text. call. And this season we got a phone, a phone call. call. So it's almost like setting it up that next season we're going to no. have an appearance, which I don't think is going to happen, but it's like what maybe they could have just even not done this. If it's an appearance, it'll be a split screen. They will not be in the same place together. Samantha will be somewhere else. I mean, I totally agree with you. Like there's Kim Cattrall has made it pretty freaking clear that she's not coming back. But 
Do just, an, look, do another show about Samantha Jones and some of her friends, because I bet they're a lot more interesting than what we're being presented with now. You know? Spend, spend some time. Ooh, Samantha in London. Totally. Yeah. I'd watch that. Absolutely. I would totally watch that. And then let Seema go over there and work. Oh, yes. There's a dynamic duo. Samantha and Seema. Thank totally. you. Thank you. Oh, God. Oh, Andy. I've got Ajita now. <laughs> oh, no. No. Okay, let's, as, long as, I, as long as I'm all wound up. Andy, let's talk about telemarketers. Ooh, yeah. Which has been creeping me out. Okay, if you're not familiar, Telemarketers is a three-part docuseries. Two of the parts have aired on HBO, and it's streaming on Max. And Andy, Andy, Andy got very into it before I did. And I got to tell you, boy, does this creep me out, mostly because it's a lot of creepy people yeah. scamming on people. <laughs> yeah. And like... you've definitely gotten some of these scam calls because oh I have. Oh, my God. I still get those calls. And they say they're from, like, the police fraternal order or the fireman protection league yeah. or the fraternal order and of i'm like sorry or- my very limited like charitable giving is not going to that you've just targeted the wrong person so i always like just hang up and i always feel a little guilty about it i had no idea that these are probably scams basically uh, not probably they are scams they're run by a big corporation and they are basically, they sort of got a very, oh, it seems like they've got sort of a, a tenuous blessing from some of the well, No, they've had more than a tenuous blessing. These like Fraternal Order of Police and Firemen's Associations and things like that. But they, I don't think the police are getting anything. I don't think they're getting any of the money, though. Well, no, no you're right. Not It's not going to where it should go, but there are organizations that have, you know, police in their name, basically, and a police officer has signed off on it, and they're raising, and then they hire these companies to do telemarketing, basically scamming, yeah. and then t- only 10% goes to the organization of the money so that's raised. that's like nothing. And of that 10%, most of that money is not actually going to, like, you know, an officer in need or a fireman who's, like, lost a job because of, like injury or something like that, which is what these, which is what they're claiming. It's going to like this telemarketing agency. And then the rest is kind of a kickback to like whatever cop signed off on having their name as like the board member of this organization. And it, it and also, was just, I was shocked. Well, it also reveals how they're basically scamming a lot of older elderly people oh, God. out of a lot yeah. of their life savings. And they're also preying on immigrant communities or oh my God, that's like right. Hispanic shop owners who think they're buying protection from the police. They were showing like all these, yeah, yeah. The decals. The they, decals. They, they ask for contributions and they send out these decals. And the shop owners think that if they, you know, have these decals on their shop windows, that they've got some sort of protection right. from like local police organizations and nothing could be further from the truth. So... Oh, God, it's just so many skeevy people. Well, right. And the people that are employed by these companies are like, there's literally no standards. Like one guy. Well, there's a lot of ex-cons. Killed his girlfriend and was in jail for 30 years. And this is the only job he can get. Another guy is a heroin addict. Yeah. Just out and out heroin addict. Yeah. But a nice guy. We love him a little bit. Uh, I love him a little bit. I don't love him. It, it, it's I have a feeling in part three. Well, I think he's, you know, yeah, I think uh, yeah, he's not coming back. I don't think he is either. I don't think that cast member is being asked back. <laughs> um, anyway, part three is airing this Sunday night on HBO and, and then it'll be streaming on Max. I just know that I will now be hanging up on those calls. Oh, with quickly. Zero guilt. Quickly. Disconnect. Um. Let's see. We also watched Res Dogs this week, which did a really interesting. They did a literal flashback episode. Literal. This was about the elders of the, uh, uh, the uh, that we see on the show, but it was set in the '70s, and it was about when they were teenagers, and they all took an acid trip together. And boy, oh boy, it was something. <laughs> I'm just laughing. This season has been wild. Yeah, it I it's nice because it addresses different parts of Native American culture. Yeah. There which is, is always a, why Res like, Dogs is great. It's gone way away from having like a kind of cohesive narrative through line to like let's yes. just like spend some time getting to know different people from the show, which I love. I I think it's it's working. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. It was a really interesting episode. I would try to describe it more, but I feel like it's one of those episodes you just need to experience. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it was very interesting to watch. And it also, one of the people in it was Maximus, who we saw at the beginning of this season, who was the older uh, elder that Bear met. And Maximus was also, he had been a mental patient. He had, he talked about aliens. He talked about a lot of things. So Maximus is seen as a teenager in this current episode. So uh, I, boy, really interesting. Um, I loved what we do in the shadows. Doug Jones was back to guest uh, with a very funny storyline with Guillermo, which was great. And I can't believe it, but this season of What We Do in the Shadows has a two-episode finale next week. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's already ending. Oh, it's, oh. I, we need, I need like a million more episodes. I know. I really shadows. want this show to just go on for season, many, oh, many seasons. It's so and I'm, I just need to know what's happening to Guillermo. I'm like, is he going to go full vampire or is he going to just be this like, you know, like just little half- human half steps yeah like not even half vampire he's just like this little baby vampire that can't do very much we love guillermo yeah we love guillermo yeah, so we much do. we do um i've also been watching justified city primeval because hot damn tim oliphant still great as rayland gibbons and uh boyd holbrook has really leaned into playing the bad guy in this the finale is going to air this coming tuesday on fx and then stream on hulu um, I also really am loving, I'm still loving Only Murders in the Building this season. Um, the very inventive episode <laughs> this oh, I, week. I, yeah. And Steve Martin's character, uh, Charles, having a very difficult time with a song that he has to learn for Death Rattle De Dazzle. Oh my God. They've now made the play a musical. A musical. And Charles is having a very hard time with this patter song that reveals a lot of story and he's having a really hard time remembering the words. And uh, they had this great, uh, they just had this great thing about like this, this sort of white room, which evidently is a Broadway thing. And when performers just go blank as they're performing and like mentally, they just go to this. Oh God, that's the scary. That's like the scariest thing oh, I can right? imagine to oh, be God. on stage and to blink out like that. Totally. <sighs> oh, yeah, I, I, right. I, I, I start to quiver a little just thinking about it. Um, Steve Martin, of course, boy, doing both some physical humor and, you know, just being very funny as it is. Uh, was just so good in this episode. And Andrea Martin, as his love interest... Who he accidentally proposes to while he's in the white room. <laughs> My yeah. God. Andrea Martin just continues to be a gift to comedy. She you know, for she's only been doing this for decades, and yeah. she's still incredible. <laughs> um, so, oh boy, what a season. What a season this is. I've it's loved it. Absolutely terrific. And Meryl Streep, like, well, just being Meryl Streep. Exactly. Yeah. And last week's episodes where she sang the lullaby and everybody just swooned oh over that, yeah. which was wonderful. Shout out to Pasek and Paul who wrote that beautiful, beautiful lullaby. And to Ashley Park who got to showcase her wonderful singing voice like she does in Emily in Paris. Um... It's great to see Ashley Park's star rising so much, too, because she's so talented. She was also in the movie Joyride. She's just, she has a big Skechers campaign running. She's, like, everywhere you look. That's cool. Yeah. So, very nice to see that. Um, anyway, still loving this season of Only Murders. Lots of good stuff to come. We won't spoil anything. Andy and I have raced ahead watching some screeners. Um, I'm also really happy. I'm going to say it again. Billions is back on Showtime. Um, if you're streaming the episodes, they drop on Fridays. If you are watching on linear TV on Showtime, they are on Sunday nights, as they usually do. Mike Prince, Corey Stoll's character, is running for president. So Piper Parabo's character is back. She's play, she plays his wife. And up till now, they've had an open marriage, so to speak, because their kids are grown, their kids are going to college. But now that he's running for president... It's a different game. Things are changing. It's an interesting story because, look, Billions is a great show because they talk about money and power with such intelligence. And Damian Lewis is back. He's just not in every episode. But by God, great to see him. And, uh, and my other favorite character is Wags, played by Dave Costable. And it's just, wow. 
it's still such a great show. There is, it's one of the best written shows on TV. I'm just going to say that until I'm blue in the face. Um, the last thing I watched this week is called BS High. And it's a sports documentary streaming on Max about a fraud that was perpetrated on young black men who wanted to play football and get into Division I colleges. The documentary was made by Trayvon Free and Martin Desmond Rowe. They also made the Oscar-winning short film Two Distant Strangers and the, uh, the other fabulous sports documentary, 38 at the Garden, which was about Justin Lin when he had this sensational year in basketball uh, some years ago. They are incredible filmmakers. And B.S. High is an amazing portrait of a guy who's a narcissist mm. and who, my God, the game that this man runs on people. Um, it, it's a really incredible story. And um, I'm sorry that I, I, I can't quite do it justice, but I just think you should watch this. There's also some commentary in it from, because first of all, Trayvon sits down and talks to the, the fraudster himself, the guy, I think his name's Roy Johnson, and he's the guy who is just a walking, talking fraud. Wow. And he's the guy who perpetrates all this. Well, you've convinced me. And then so. he's also, he gets great commentary from Bamani Jones, who is a sp who's sports reporter, sports journalist, who did a, a great show on HBO called Game Theory, and is just a really smart guy and knows a lot about the sports world. So there's a lot of good point-counterpoint going on in the documentary. It's incredibly well-made. It's just really compelling to watch. So I definitely recommend watching that. Um, all right, I think that was... Uh, that's what I haven't watched the new Star Wars Ahsoka. That's a new series on Disney Plus, and I think it premiered with two episodes, but I have not watched that. Um, Andy, have you watched Invasion on Apple TV Plus? Uh, no. Okay, I just thought maybe. Um, let's see what's coming up. Um, there's a Netflix original movie, You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, and Adam Sandler and one of his daughters are in it, and also Sarah Sherman from SNL is in it. So I might have to watch it just because I feel like there might be some funny, funny stuff in there. Um, and Adam Sandler is just a goldmine for Netflix. I oh, mean, yeah, he is. All his movies do well for them. So um, end of the month, August 30th, the season 14 premiere of Archer on FXX. It do, is the, it's the you, show. Have you watched Archer? Oh, God, yes. I love Archer. It's a very funny show. Yeah, it's very good. But then it makes me think of Jessica Walter, I who has passed yeah, on. And like, yeah. I don't think I I've watched her. since she passed away. She was so wonderful. It's, this, it's, the, it's the show's final season. So it starts August 30th. Um, let's see what else is going on. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Lots of stuff coming in September, but we can hold off on that for now. Um, we are rolling. We are Labor Day weekend is fast approaching. Can you believe it, Andy? I know it's right around the corner. Oh my goodness. Um, well, look on the socials. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Feel free to message us. Tell us what you're watching. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you hate. Go ahead. You can tell us. We won't tell anyone. <laughs> we will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend. Bye.